Hello, everybody. Dr. Lonnie Stewart here from the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. Are you a physical therapy student about to start studying for the National Physical Therapy Examination? Or maybe you're a professor, a program director, or a clinical instructor who teaches DPT students preparing for the NPTE? Either way, we would recommend checking out our sponsor, NPTE Final Frontier, and the community they've built around preparing for and succeeding on the NPTE. That exam and the preparation that goes along with it can be long, tedious, difficult, and stress-inducing, but it doesn't have to be. NPTE Final Frontier has the tactics and resources to help address all of the usual barriers. They even have scholarships to help with NPTE study courses, FSBPT registration fees, and even research opportunities. And if that's not enough, they're even donating to the very first annual HET Podcast Scholarship to be awarded at the end of every year. Go to NPTEFF.com for all of the details and use code HET for 10% off all purchases. Links to both the NPTE Final Frontier and their scholarship options are available in the show notes. And now, let's get ready to learn. Hello, everybody. This is Sean Bagby from the uh, Healthcare Educator Transformation Podcast, and I am on with Lisa Stateskull. And Lisa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Everyone, I'm Lisa Stasekul. I am a PTA, a lifelong PTA, and a PTA educator. A little bit about myself. I have been a PTA for 40 plus years now. And in the last half of my career, I gravitated towards PTA education, started as a clinical instructor and found a passion for it, went back to school and completed a bachelor's in health sciences and a master's in education and have been uh, formally um, on the academic side of PTA education uh, for the last 16 years. And currently I'm holding the role of assistant dean of nursing and health sciences at Mount Wachusett Community College in Gardner, Massachusetts, which is in North Central Massachusetts. And how's the weather up there today? That's the first question I'm going to ask. It's gray and it's cold. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. In the Midwest, in the Midwest, it's gray and cold too. So you haven't missed anything moving up there. Lisa did leave out one important piece of information. What is the uh, current status of your award that you recently won? So, um, a year ago, I won the PTA of the Year Award from APTA. So I joined a very elite group of folks that Sean Bagby is also part of. So very honored and, and blessed to receive that recognition. And no, you you deserve it. And there are so many quality winners and, and educators like Jane Jackson, Chris Junkins, Amy Smith, Jody Pfeiffer. There's so many uh, quality PTAs that have been there that have had a huge hand in education. And I think you're just, you're just an extension of that. And I thank you for all your service to the profession and what you do for the association. So with that, yes. let's kind of bring them together. Let's talk about what you guys are doing with the PTA SIG and what you're kind of rolling out for educators right now. Well, thanks, Sean. I appreciate the opportunity. So um, Sean tapped me. I'm the current PTA educator SIG vice chair. Um, I've been a uh, member of the Academy of Education for quite some time now and have served in this role before I'm going on my second term, just getting ready to term out. One of the things I was tasked to do by our previous chair, Jennifer Jewell, was to help her with a concept that was born out of COVID, like a lot of good things that 
maybe came out of COVID, trying to connect PTA educators across the country. Pre-COVID, the only time we really could network and be together was during conferences, CSM, annual conference. Um, it really limited the connections we could make because as most folks may know, PTA programs have to have a minimum of two full-time faculty and most institutions will not go above that minimum. And so it becomes difficult to go ahead and have the support and mentorship collaboration when there's only two of you. So having these opportunities to connect with other PTA educators is invaluable. So when COVID hit and we all had to go virtual, it made the opportunities of connecting even more scarce. And so this concept of the teaching and networking communities was born from that. And so um, about three years ago, we began this concept of connecting like-minded people. Uh, we put out um, a sign-up sheet. We created opportunities for um, six to eight groups of people with a common theme for that community to go ahead and meet on a regular basis via Zoom to discuss issues related to that topic. So like for instance, Sean, one of them would be about clinical education. That would be the theme. And so people that had some kind of passion or interest or questions about how to grow their clinic program, any concepts or ideas that might make it better, um, they could join that community via the signup. And then uh, every couple of weeks, they would meet via Zoom at a designated time, and they would be able to share ideas. So it was a peer-led faculty group, and it was designed to provide them opportunities to discuss, collaborate, and stimulate innovation in a specific area, whether it's teaching, administration, uh, teaching methodology, or, or something like that. And, so that um, was the concept. So the concept's been going on for three years, right? And yeah. And how have the how have the groups gone? What's been the feedback from participants on? Yeah, so I'm excited to say that it was very well received. We had so many sign up for the first one, we had to have a wait list created. And so prior to the, the community starting, if if we had any holes, we were able to fill them with the wait list. But what we've done is created it around the academic year. So with a traditional semester kind of model. So we'd have a fall one and a spring one. I'm excited to say we're getting ready to launch our spring 2024 cohort, which is the seventh cohort. So, and we can talk about how that's morphed a little bit in a little bit, but. Do the groups tend to stick together just on the semester or have you noticed that people end up forming longer relationships off of this? So I'm glad you brought that up, Sean, because of course we went ahead and did what we really encourage PTA educators or all educators to do was to actually do some research behind it. So with our first cohort, we went ahead and did some pre and post surveying of the participants. Um, we did some other surveying uh, a few months after the community ended to actually get one feedback about the structure, the mode of presentation, those kind of things to make it better but also to kind of find out some of that information. Are those connections being made, being sustained? Are they reaching out to each other outside of those prearranged Zoom meeting times? And we found some great results from that. And actually last CSM, we went ahead and presented our results in a poster presentation. And um, we've actually, with the help of Betsy Becker, have actually collaborated to write this up as an article um, and it's been submitted um, to JOPTI. 
So we're hoping to be able to, to share that information as well. But the, the end result was, yes, a lot of these folks found, even the seasoned educators found themselves not only feeling like they're becoming, uh, being a mentor, but they're being um, supported and they're growing from other folks. So there was the connections that were made, exchange of information. And in a number of cases, there were examples of them reaching out to each other outside of the teaching and networking communities. And when they when a crisis would occur or something would happen, um, they would go ahead and reach out to each other for, for that kind of support and innovation. Um, the other mode that they tended to use is the PTA educator um, Facebook page, which is not really an official academy sponsored thing, but it tends to be where when someone has a question or they need support about something, they throw it out and, and, you know, everyone would answer and collaborate. So, but the communities were a way to do that outside of Facebook. And I would definitely say like that PTA educator Facebook group is an amazing resource for PTA educators as well. But the other thing I would say is like, it's nice because you get captive representation on that Facebook group. You yeah. get some really good questions and answers from different involved parties, not just necessarily educators. But a little off topic, but Lisa knows that's where I go on everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're um, absolutely right. Capti, I know Sharon Zirgis was just posting yes. something on that that Facebook page. So, yeah. Yeah, and and hundred uh, percent. Like I think that makes a huge difference in our ability to network and get together. So, so like you talked about seasoned professionals, and like you and I are seasoned professionals. Well, I'm seasoned. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> old, old, right? Um, but uh, with 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 so many institutions being compartmentalized, and not a lot of institutions having like relationships with DPT programs and things like that. And, and so like, it can be lonely. That's one of the things I always hear from programs is like, it's the two of them and like, there's no one else to communicate with. I think this is a great idea. What has been the response from like younger um, or less experienced educators to this process? So the, te the teaching networking communities have really provided them that connection. Um, the feedback we did receive from folks that were new to academia found this invaluable. And, and it actually translated to actually encourage them to come to in-person events. So at ELC, we tried to host some um, very informal social event and encouraging folks that were previous teaching networking community members to participate in that. And we found great support from them and feedback that the connections they've made on Zoom or through the teaching networking community experience has translated to bringing them together in person at these national events in a way that may, they may not have seen the value in that before. So it's actually translated into an in-person piece, but I think it's also helped make them see the things they don't know, right? They don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And so learning about other resources like the Academy of Education has new faculty, kind of an orientation program that has an in-person element, but they also, during COVID, created an online version. But it was really trying to help the PTA educators that were in the first early part of their academia career, first five years, to learn the things they don't know about academia. 
and that are unique to PTA educators, right? So the majority of these programs are not in four-year institutions. And so there's not a formalized tenure process, or if there is, it's not to the level of our DPTE colleagues. And so how they navigate the college system, understanding little things like um, workloads or, you know, basically learning the lingo, because it's just like when we became clinicians, learning medical terminology, there's terminology in academia and learning how to navigate that and who might be their resources at their institution that they should tap into for those things. And that's wonderful. I think that's a great idea and a great resource. What is your guys' plan for doing this? Do you Are you going to cap it at so many co cohorts a year? Um, what's your plan for growth and, and how are we going to sustain this to help all educators within the PTA spectrum of education? Sure. Well, you know, it's it's an ever-evolving model. What we've done this spring is a little slightly different than what we have done in previous cohorts. We went ahead and have found that the participation kind of waxes and wanes. People will sign up. They will maybe start the communities. But as the communities went on, um, attendance was um, less and less. So we purposely created it originally to have eight to nine people. Research had shown when we were beginning this that when you have a group activity, especially on Zoom, you wanted to limit it to about eight to 10 people because that allows everyone to have an opportunity to be heard, to speak, engage individually. If it got too big, people would get lost in the shuffle. If it was too small, just like in teaching, the perspectives, when you have fewer perspectives, the exchange of information and the, the learning is, is not as rich. So we found that sweet spot. So for this next community, we went ahead and we realized that when you start with eight and you only end, have, end up having four people participate, it loses its richness. So for a lot of reasons, we're trying something a little different for those things in particular. So instead of having maybe four different topics um, we're limiting it to two. So there are two themed groups. Um, one is going to be administrative and the other one is going to be a teaching focused group. So it's very broad themed, but instead of having eight people, we're going to bring it up to 16 and we're going to actually lessen the frequency of engagement from eight, six to eight sessions in a semester to four. So once a month, wow. um, our hope is that it even if some people have a crisis come up and they can't make the meeting, there's still going to be enough people um, to make it rich. <clears throat> and that if we have it less frequent, then the hope is people will find, I don't say value, but more commitment to be able to make, they want to, don't want to miss one then when there's only four. So, so we're hoping that it kind of helps to fix the things that we saw that were deficit. Okay. And now for a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, Varela Financial. If you're a physical therapist and you have student loan debt, you got to talk to these guys. What makes them unique is that they view financial planning like running hurdles on a track. And for PTs, the first hurdle many of us run into is student loan debt. Varela Financial will help you get over that hurdle. They not only take the time to explain to you which plans you individually qualify for and how those plans work, but they also take the time to show you what your individual case looks like mapped out within each option. 
So if you're looking for help on your student loan debt or any area of personal finances, we recommend working with them. I use Varela Financial personally, and they were able to help me lower my student loan repayment from about $1,800 a month down to about $135 per month simply by finding the right repayment plan that best fit me, my family, and our life goals. You can check them out at varelafinancial.com. Link is in the show notes if you need it for reference, and tell them the HET podcast crew sent you. And now, back to the show. Awesome. That's, that's wonderful. That's a great idea. Uh, as we talked about already, like there's usually two full-time members in most PTA programs throughout the country, but that also means there's a teaching gap that is filled by a lot of adjuncts. And spending my life as an adjunct uh, who is a clinician as well, but really passionate about education, how do we help our adjuncts? What would be the benefit for the adjunct community with a program like this? With a teaching networking community, Sean? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think what it will do, what it would do is if we can encourage um, the adjuncts that are out there to join this, they might actually, instead of just dipping their toe and teaching a class, they may find that this larger community, that there's value in the other things that they can share and the perspectives that they bring. I think a lot of adjuncts are in that tipping point where they want to get more involved in academia, but they're not really sure what they can bring to the table, how they could help with that. This could broaden their horizons, allow them to learn what they don't know um, and see the value in what they bring to the table. Um, I think what it also will do is, is broaden the perspective of full-time faculty members to really see that richness that the adjuncts can bring. I think that it feels like it's very siloed when we have our adjuncts filling that void of one topic, one lecture, one course. When they see the bigger picture of the from a programmatic view, they can actually see where they can go ahead and help fill those voids and actually make it a cohesive program, not just a topic that they're delivering. Wonderful. That's a great idea. So uh, just a couple more quick questions. What is What has been the biggest lesson you've learned through this experience so far? Biggest lesson in about the community, Sean? Yep, yep, and, and this entire process. Um, well, as far as the lesson I've learned from the community is that there is still a great need for connections to be made uh, for educators. And, and I would hazard a guess this is way beyond PTA educators. We really need to connect our DPT and PTA educators in a more thoughtful um, and purposeful way. Um, I would love to see some of these kind of connections being made in that regard. There's there's so many things we have in common in education. We end up staying on our little silos. And I think that if there's a way to kind of bridge this um, and draw some P DPT educators into this mindset, it would be great. I still hold out hope that that is something we can do in the future, whether it's through this teaching networking communities or whether it's um, in a different mode. I know the Academy of Education has done a phenomenal job in trying to bridge that gap between DPT and PTA education. Um, if you have an opportunity, check out the new Academy website. You'll see evidence of that in this website. It is much more user-friendly, but it actually creates resources, yes, for each each element for DPTs and PT educators, but it really demonstrates the commonalities of things we share as well. Um, we've seen the ability of PTA educators to 
spread their wings outside of the SIG and actually serve the academy beyond the educator special interest group. And, and I think what that's done is help to break down those silos between DPT and PT education. And um, I'll throw this in as a, uh, as a community member and as an employer, in, and I'm on the uh, on several like uh, advisory panels for both DPT and PTA programs, and have worked in both um, helping them. One of the biggest things I think that we can do as educators is learn to bring our students together sooner. Um, we do know that there's an educational gap between the DPT and the PTA. Um, there just there just is, but there's also usually an age and relationship gap that occurs at the same time. And so like when we have that occurring and these new providers are coming out, we're unable to like really get that cohesive team working environment because a PTA is educated to work in the PT PTA model, but a PT gets maybe one lecture from a guy like me <laughs> in their entire career <laughs> about what a PT PTA team relationship looks like. I was lucky enough to go to a university that had both programs together. And so when we came out of school, I knew the PTs that were in the community that I was working with because we had relationships going back to doing stuff in classes that overlapped and taking some common things. So like I would encourage PTA programs, like if you don't have a relationship with a PT program, try to find one and try to find experiences where our students can get together, even if it's virtually to get to know each other and understand the relationship. Because I've, as an employer, I think that is the hardest thing for DPTs when they come out is they don't know how to interact with PTAs and not even just seasoned PTAs, but new grad PTAs as well. And, and it's a, it's something I see all the time when we have to spend time working on like getting that trust and that bond and, and understanding of the legal, ethical, and all issues together. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree, Sean, and I think you're right. If, if it can happen before they get into the workforce, it's it's like trying to get some teaching somebody about a concept, but not letting them operationalize it. There's really no way they're going to be competent at it um, or even have an understanding of it, truly, unless they actually put it in practice. So completely 100% agree. Right. And there's so much complexity in gray, right? Like, like yeah. education is built on black and white to a degree, but we teach so much that is gray in healthcare. I teach it in the leadership course I teach. That's one of the biggest things I talk about is like, how do we bridge that gray area? Because like, you might learn differently than I do and that's fine. We just got to find a way to like get it to you and the information, same thing. And that's what I love about these communities is you get to have these conversations about things like this. All right, so again, I go on tangents. Um, the, <laughs> Uh, Very appropriate but, tangent. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa knows me, and this is this is how I am all the time. Um, so, from this experience, what has been the biggest like aha moment that you're just like, man, that is why we're doing it? What has been the success story for you guys? I recently was at ELC this past fall, and um, I was standing actually at our poster where we were highlighting some of the the things we found from our. Um, from our study of this. And uh, someone approached me who had been a community member I had never met before. She shared a story about how she was a new to academia 
And this actually, and she was new in 2021. So it was still in that kind of COVID craziness. Actually, she shared, and, and she got very misty about it, um, that this actually, she felt like saved her life in connecting her with people that actually became great resources and helped get her through the, one of the most challenging things in her career. She really was passionate about being an educator and wanted to stay in it, but she felt so lost and alone that this connection is what helped get her through. And so I know we've all felt that even pre-COVID, we've always felt this, but it seemed even more evident during that crisis of the pandemic and, and trying to make this shift into academia at that time. Because as Sean knows, there are people that get bitten by the ac academia bug and they really just want to find a spot, a position in a full-time capacity. And there can be, used to be harder to come by than they are now, but people would gravitate towards that. And she found, she finally found her window and she didn't want to miss it. And so she really attributed her success and her longevity to this point in those connections she made. And so that was the aha moment that I really felt like, wow, we've made a difference in someone's life and not just getting them through a little crisis, but long-term. So it was nice. That's awesome. That's, that's so great to hear. So with that, um, and that just, that, that just makes me smile hearing that. Would you uh, give everyone where they can find information on this? And then um, we'll link it into the uh, notes on the podcast as well. Sure. So the signups have been posted on the Academy of Education's Facebook page. So please, if you're not, if you haven't liked the Academy page, please do so. But you will see the sign up um, link for the sign up there. Amanda Heilman um, worked with me. She's one of our leadership team members and she created the posting. But there's a link you'll click on there to a sign up genius. Please make note that you have to be an Academy member and a member of the PTA Educator SIG in order to be able to participate. So if you're not an Academy member, you can go to the APTA page and join right away. You're gonna find it very valuable. Beyond this, the resources of the Academy will be at your fingertips. And then to join the SIG is, is free and easy once you're an Academy member. So you can go to our new website and you can actually select join the PTA Educator SIG there. But you click on the link, it'll take you to the Sign Up Genius. Um, the signups will be going on through February 16th, and the, the seventh cohort will begin the week of February 26th. All right. And if you don't get into the seventh cohort, there's always going to be an eighth and a ninth, correct? There will be. And there is a waiting list if you would like to, if it's full. Right now, I know there's three people signed up in each one. So we have 13 spots as of the second. So please sign up. All right, awesome. So last question of the day is, and this could be a loaded question. Um, thank goodness I'm asking it and not getting asked this. What is the one change you would like to see implemented in PTA education? Completely my bias. So I'm not representing any, any entity that I'm currently serving under, but I've been a very strong proponent of looking at having options within PTA education. Um, I don't want to do away with the associate degree level. I think there's value in that. There's access, um, brings down barriers for students to access that. Um, but I also think that we're at a time now where we can create other levels. Um, it becomes kind of a career ladder of sorts where we could have a bachelor's level. Um, and as people are looking to maybe get into physical therapy, starting out at the associate level, moving on to a bachelor's level, and then 
maybe if they decide they want to go on to DPT, it bridges the gap to some degree. But I think, and I know there's a lot that would have to happen to make this workable and operational, but I really think that there's value in creating more opportunities for BTAs and increasing the educational level of some of them. I mean, at this point, the associate degree is so jam-packed full of stuff. There are bachelor's trained stu uh, students coming into our programs that say this is harder than any bachelor's program they were ever in. So I, I think we need to continue to be innovative and to grow. Otherwise, eventually, I think um, we're going to lose our place and and our value to the profession. So, yeah. And, and Lisa knows personally, like that's one of my missions in life is to get the bachelor's and um, full disclosure, we'll be talking about the bachelor's program with Holly Clinch at some point in the near future because she is my boss and where I teach at St. Kate University in the, uh, and I teach in the bachelor's program. And like the, the difference I get out of the students on that level is, is amazing. And they're really becoming more well-rounded clinicians and leaders for the future of our profession, which we need. And we have to close the educational gap at some point. So, yeah. all right. With that, Lisa, anything else you want to add? No, I appreciate this opportunity and to be able to meet with you again, Sean. We've worked together a lot and I've enjoyed every minute of it. So I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, anytime. And and for anyone that doesn't know, like Lisa and I go back a long time within <laughs> APTA Association. And I look at Lisa sent me a... Uh, Shamrock uh, Boba Fett, which is my uh, two loves of Notre Dame and Star Wars, uh, years ago, and it sits right next to my desk every day. Awesome. So I awesome. always think about her. Well, great. Thank well, thanks, Sean. Thank you so much, my friend, and you have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye now. Well, I hope that episode was entertaining as much as it was informational and educational. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, we ask you to please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. And please share out the episodes to those who you feel may be able to benefit from them. We also urge you to follow us on all social media platforms at HET Podcast and let us know what topics or experts you would like to hear from in future episodes. And just as a reminder, none of the information on today's show should be considered medical advice. It's simply infotainment or edutainment to help educate our audience. For medical advice, we always advise you to reach out to your preferred medical professionals, and we'll see you on the next show.